I've listened to The Carter 3 by Lil Wayne for months. And I listened to it once yesterday. Welcome to Spin It. Hey everybody, welcome back to Spin It, the record ranking podcast for people who would rather be listening to music. I'm James, that guy is Connor. The third. Connor, you're the third? Yeah. I know for a fact that's not true. There's gotta be at least two other Connors around. Oh, you just mean <laughs> the third in, in the world, not in your family. I see. Yeah, there are probably at least two other Connors around. And I'm arbitrarily choosing to be number three. I'm sure it's probably not been claimed yet. But if there's another Connor out there that wants to fight this Connor for the title of third Connor, uh, step right up. Now's your chance. You know where to meet me. Meet us on Twitter at SpinItPod, on Instagram at SpinItPodOfficial, and on the web at www.spinitpod.com. We'll see you next week. Very natural And until plug. then, keep spinning. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, oh shoot. Sorry, I went on autopilot there. <laughs> it started off as a great plug that just naturally fit, and then you almost ended the episode. I know. That would have been bad. <laughs> Before we even got to talk about Lil Wayne. Well, can you imagine if we did that? Uh, we hadn't even said his name yet. <laughs> You're right. Well, we're talking about Lil Wayne this week, and we're talking about his album, The Carter 3, which is why Connor's doing this whole third Connor bit, if you hadn't put that together. No. No? No. You're telling me it was completely Maybe. unrelated. Maybe. Maybe? That's what I thought. <laughs> what? Okay, let me get your preliminary thoughts. What were you thinking about Lil Wayne before you listened to this? I know you're not exactly a Lil Wayne fan. What makes you say that? I just have a hunch, you know. Uh, uh, Lil Wayne is a rapper I'd actually heard of before. Heard of? Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm fairly certain I've heard some of his songs, but I couldn't have named any of them. Yeah. I didn't think I had heard any of his songs, but I had a weird experience after listening to this album where once I knew all the songs on this record, they were inescapable. I heard them out in public like <laughs> 30 or 40 times. I was like, where has this been happening all my life? Has Lil Wayne just been around me and I've never noticed because I've been... Lil Wayne is the one constant in your life. <laughs> I don't know about the one constant, but maybe he's been one of the constants. Maybe I'm a little more Lil Wayne than I thought. Yeah, he's not an A-E-I-O-U or sometimes Y. That's a that's a consonant. That silent disapproval. No, it wasn't disapproval. That was me being it's really confused <laughs> because you tried to use consonant in place of constant. Yeah, it was close enough. I think the joke. I think the joke was got. I don't think it was. As someone who did not got the joke, <laughs> audience, if you got the joke, please let me know. I need validation. Mm, you might not get it from that one. Anyway, let's talk about Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne's name obviously is not actually Lil Wayne. What? I've been lied to. No, yeah, his first name is not Little. My whole life when he was there. <laughs> he's been there my whole life. <laughs> but he's been a liar. <laughs> I've been deceived. No. <laughs> Dwayne Michael Carter Jr., not the third, just Jr., was born in 1982 in New Orleans. He was in all sorts of gifted programs in school, a really all-star student, but he dropped out at age 14, and that's because... Yeah. His musical career began at age 12. Another young prodigy. That is true. He is another youngin. Add him to the list. We need a like a playlist on our website and on YouTube that's just like child prodigies that we've covered. That's, that's pretty much everyone. <laughs> yeah. Except for Michael Buble, who's a child prodigy jump roper. No. No, that's a spin. Yeah, age 12 is when Lil Wayne signed with Cash Money Records, 
a label that he actually kind of got stuck with for a very long time due to some kind of predatory contracts and stuff. We actually have mentioned Lil Wayne on this podcast before, way back in episode 19, right? Chance the Rapper, he features on Chance's song No Problem, which is about, in part, his struggle to get free from the contract with cash money, which he did in 2018. He was actually writing music even earlier than that, as early as age eight, and that's how he got connected to Cash Money, as one of those songs caught the attention of Cash Money's founder, Brian, or Birdman Williams. So anyway, signed on at 12, and it's probably, honestly, why he's Lil Wayne, because he was just little when he showed up. He started out as Baby D, or Baby Dwayne, but that got changed, because, you know, that is not a very good rapper name, if you ask me. What, you, you don't think he could have made it as Baby D? No, I don't, I don't really think he, he could have. Have we settled on a rap name for me for... I know I'm doing a hippin' and hoppin' album, but I feel like I need, like, a hip-hop rap name to go with it. Baby C. That's what I was just about to say, was I could be Baby C. I love it, and I hate it, and that's why you need to do it. According to an interview that he did, he mentioned why he made the change from Dwayne to Wayne. And he says, I dropped the D because I'm a junior, and my father is living, and he's not in my life, and he's never been in my life. So I don't want to be Dwayne, I'd rather be Wayne. That's kind of his way to make his name his own and kind of carve out his own legacy. His debut solo album came out in 1999 after he spent four other years working on collaborative projects and in hip-hop groups with the label. Since that debut album, he's released 14 solo studio albums, dozens of mixtapes, a handful of EPs, and he's got several other projects in the works that have literally been years in the making. They're still years coming. And as far as accolades go, Lil Wayne is pretty much regarded as one of the best rappers, period. So it's no surprise that his career has produced a pretty huge swath of awards and accolades. He's won a total of 143 major awards on 211 nominations, everything from AMAs to BETs to Teen Choice Awards and more. He earned an American Music Award for Favorite Rapper Hip Hop Song. He's got a lot of BET and BET Hip Hop Awards. He's got four Billboard Music Awards, eight BMI Awards. He's been nominated for 26 Grammys, and he's won five, including Best Rap Album for The Carter Three, Best Rap Solo Performance for A Millie, and Best Rap Song for Lollipop. Those are some songs we'll get into in a bit. One Grammy that he won actually was for his collaboration with Chance on No Problem, which was the best rap performance. He's earned a lot of MTV awards, eight Ozone Awards, four Soul Train Music Awards, two Teen Choice Awards, and many, many more. And MTV has also named him, this is another first award for us, MTV has named him a top five hottest MC in the game four times since 2007. And in 2012, he was hip-hop's iconic game changer. So that's a, a heck of a laundry list of awards and accolades. So I know, you know, you're not a rap music fan, but as far as rap music and hip-hop goes... This is definitely uh, an artist you want to keep your eyes on, right? This is one you probably want to know if you're going to be into hip-hop. Yeah. This week, we're focusing in on The Carter Three. It came out in June 2008. It's rap. It's hip-hop. It's honestly pretty ahead of its time, I think, for 2008. Uh, it's obviously no longer 2008, and some parts have aged better than others. But when it came out, I think it was... Honestly, a forerunner for the, the sound at the time. Mm. Mm, yes. I don't have any knowledge of any other albums, really, of the era to be able to have a, a, an opinion on that. The Carter Three is Wheezy's sixth album and a follow-up, 
obviously, if you might have put it together. It's a follow-up to The Carter and The Carter 2. What? Yeah, and get this. It's a precursor for The Carter 4 and 5. And maybe maybe The Carter 6 in the future. Yeah. Impossible. No, possible. In fact, actual, true, legitimate. So take that. I'll believe it when I see it. See it. I mean, you can see it now. (laughs) Most of those albums that I just mentioned exist. Well, I haven't seen them, so they don't exist for me. Mm. You all know what they say, uh, seeing is believing. <laughs> that is, no, didn't you watch the Polar Express? Didn't we talk extensively about Josh Groban and the Polar Express at Christmas? And the whole point of that movie is that seeing isn't believing? Believing is seeing? Yeah, I guess. You learn nothing. Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks would be disappointed. <laughs> I've let down Tom Hanks. I'm so sorry. He's going to send you a nasty note on one of his typewriters that Randy Travis doesn't collect. He's going to refuse my invitation to guest on my Hippin' and Hobbin album. <laughs> Can you imagine a Tom Hanks feature on any kind of album ever? <laughs> it was ex- actually a very specific invitation to come do his uh, All Aboard line from the Polar Express. Oh, all the board. Is that one of the tracks on the Hippin' and Hoppin' album? All the board. That's how the album's going to start is with Tom Hanks. uh, Like, all aboard. Wow. (laughs) What a get. I haven't got him yet. Now I probably won't, all because uh, I didn't learn my lesson from Polar Express. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I guess not. So, anyway, back. On track. <laughs> train train joke. <laughs> Got it. People consider the Carter 3 to be one of Lil Wayne's greatest albums. And Rolling Stone put it on the 500 greatest albums of all time list. It actually it started just barely making the, the cut at number 437. Then it got bumped up to 208 when they revisited the list in 2020. This album features guest appearances from some familiar and unfamiliar people to us. Like uh, Jay-Z, Robin Thicke, Kanye West... Busta Rhymes, Babyface, and many, many more. And the album, like I mentioned, it picked up more than a few Grammy nominations and wins. Within a week, it sold a million copies in the U.S., like insta-platinum, and it debuted, unsurprisingly, at number one on the Billboard 200. Today, it's gone more than six times platinum, with more than six million copies sold in the United States. And, uh, you know, there's some actually some really great reviews out there for this album that explain its impact and its innovation really well. So I'd highly recommend, you know, if you're interested in getting some more perspective on exactly how this album was so influential and monumental, just do some digging around there. Lots of uh, interesting perspectives. And a fun trivia fact about this one, a lot of this album actually got leaked before it was released in 2007. And so Lil Wayne and the label, they were finding it too hard to keep track of exactly what songs got leaked where. So they just said, listen, let's get out ahead of this so that people can actually have quality versions of the songs and so that we can kind of recoup some of the money we stand to lose. And they put out an EP called The Leak in December. Oh. Yeah, six months before The Carter 3 came out. The five included tracks became bonus tracks on the Carter 3 when it actually dropped. So I don't know if we've had that before. We've had songs and albums get leaked, but we've never had songs that get leaked turn into bonus tracks and like get cut from the album. Yeah. Anyway, with all that said, I believe it's time we get everybody's favorite dastard back onto the scene this week. The Mixtaper 3. No, he's the one and only, one of a kind. Mm, one of a kind. Okay, let's get the Mixtaper 1 back out here then. Mixtaper Prime? Yeah, <laughs> he sounds like a Transformer <laughs> when you do that. <laughs> well, he does transform, that's for sure. <laughs> Into a cassette player? No. <laughs> well, because he does mixtapes. <laughs> anyway, we're not doing the Transformers thing again. Machine Gun Kelly got enough of that. <laughs> Moving on. Hey, it's me! 
to Mixtaper Prime. <laughs> Welcome back, Mixtaper. How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Hoping to transform this round into a victory. Nice, okay. I'm hoping that you don't, but it's very possible. I honestly know next to nothing about Lil Wayne's personal life other than what I've just said. So there's a lot of stuff here that's fair game. All right, well, we'll see how you do. Up first, did you know he has a college degree? Well, no, but I can believe that. He was a gifted student. Where does he have his degree from? The University of Houston. The Houston in Texas? Mm Mm-hmm. Good, just checking. What's the degree in? What's his field of study? Psychology. That's an interesting one. I honestly thought it maybe would be like an honorary degree in music or something like that. Nope. So does he have an interest in psychology, particularly? Like, did he take classes there or... Or what? Yeah, he attended the school as a psychology major, uh, but had to, due to his touring schedule, not lining up with the class schedule in a convenient way, he transferred to the University of Phoenix to take online classes Mm. to finish getting all of the credits he needed. And then in 2008, was awarded with an honorary degree from the University of Houston for his effort. So did he get the degree from the University of Phoenix? I, it's unclear. Oh, because you said he has a college degree from Houston, but then also finished college in Phoenix, but then got an honorary degree from Houston. Unclear if he finished in Phoenix or if that fizzled out, but... That is interesting. Okay. What did he learn? Has he, has he put the degree to use? Psychology, hopefully. Are are some of his later (laughs) songs more psychological or or what? I don't know. You tell me. Okay. Well, I'm going to say that this one's probably a fact. Yeah. You think he's got a psychology degree? Um, well... Psychology has me a little psyched out, pun intended, but I I do think he's got a college degree. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he just got bored with touring and things and just wanted to go back to school and do it. I could see it happening. Stranger things have happened. Four seasons of Stranger Things has happened. So I'm going to say... <laughs> Fifth on the way. Is, yeah, see? Stranger things are happening and will happen. I'm going to say this is a fact. This is a fact! A fact! Woo! I'm pretty psyched about that. He got his GED after dropping out of high school and then his honorary degree in psychology in 2008. Well, how about that? Go Lil Wayne. Smarty pants. Lil, lil psychologist. Lil psychologist. Yeah. Lil P. <laughs> but it's silent, so it's just Lil. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to our next one, which is he played the Tin Man in a production of The Wiz. Oh. Okay. When was he in The Wiz? Was this a a high school thing before he dropped out? Was this a university thing in Houston? (laughs) Imagine just being in like college theater, (laughs) just like being a theater major and all of a sudden Lil Wayne is like the, (laughs) the Wiz. He's in The Wiz with you. That'd be awesome. This was when he was 12. Oh, yeah, so right as he was starting his professional music career. Mm-hmm. Right before dropping out, actually. Yeah, and was it like a children's theater, or was it through a school thing? It was his middle school's drama club. Did he audition specifically for the Tin Man, or is that just where he got cast? I think that's just where he got <laughs> cast. Cast Tin Man, because he's made of metal. I guess you wouldn't really cast tin. Oh, get it. No, because eh, it's, <laughs> it's not worth the trouble to explain. <laughs> to be clear, I'm an engineer. I totally got it. Right. How'd he do? Oh, it sucked. Oh, no, okay, that's a shame. <laughs> so, he, so he quit school. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I actually don't know how it went. Wasn't there. Wasn't invited. I haven't actually seen The Wiz. What kind of, what's the Tin Man sing? The Wiz, for those who are unfamiliar, is a retelling of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz in the context of contemporary African-American culture. Uh, and so it tells the story of uh, Dorothy, who is like a school teacher who gets swept up and carried away to Oz, which looks like a fantastical version of New York City, and follows a lot of the same story beats. 
but is told in more of that context mm-hmm. with unique songs and stuff. Instead of Follow the Yellow Brick Road, um, they have Ease on Down the Road is the song that reprises over and over as they gather their crew on their way to the to the Wiz. Yeah, I think I've heard of that. Tin Man sings a song called Slide Some Oil to Me. I, in my head, that was to the tune of Def Leppard's Pour Some Sugar on Me. <laughs> Slide some oil to me. When I got some rust. Yeah, it's great. Oh, I love it. He also sings a song called What Would I Do If I Could Feel? You probably feel things. I would think so. I don't mean to undercut the significance um, or the emotional impact <laughs> of that song, but it seems like a pretty straightforward q and I think I'm going to say this one's also a fact. I think we were two for two on, on the true side. This is a fact. Ooh, two for two. Two for two. Okay. It's not too late to go 50-50, but that's a solid start. If I only had a heart. I don't know if heart's what you should be wishing for. You need a brain in order to get your way past this next (laughs) fact. Okay, that's mm, a little mean. Go on. He once was a member of the Bee Gees. This is it. This is the mixtape fact (laughs) that we've all come to know and love. I don't know where to begin at all. Once. You say once. So he's not still a member of the Bee Gees. Are the Beaches still around? Do they still do anything? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, t- two of them are dead. One of them's still alive. Still making music on his own. Just a BG. As a songwriter. Yeah. Just a B. So he's not still doing Bee Gees work. When when was he a Bee Gees? Was this for a, a single concert or a couple albums? Did he John Stamos it and like just join the band? What happened? When he was 11. Before he... Oh, that's <laughs> bizarre. Maybe this is what got him the role as the Tin Man. <laughs> Put on his, yeah, he sent in a headshot and his resume that said, I am a BG. And they went, oh. Most impressive. Yeah, what, how did he get connected with the BGs? Who says he got connected with the BGs? How did the BGs get connected with him? Who says that they were connected in any way? Is this the BGs like the band? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, see, I was, I, I guess I was a little misled. Um, what does, is BG an acronym? What, what, what BG are you talking about? He was part of the B.G. apostrophe Z, the BG. Jeez. Okay, what's what's that? Uh, that is what Lil Wayne and uh uh with uh the rapper BG hmm. and they build themselves as the BGs when they perform together. All right. Okay. At the time, Carter was eleven and BG was fourteen. Oh, okay. Did BG ever? blow up did he ever do anything notable or was he just like a 14 year old soundcloud rapper the equivalent of that in the 90s uh they did a collaboration album called true story together oh that was one of their first albums that feels suspicious in a game about true stories uh i'm gonna say this one feels like a spin oh you think this one's a spin i think this one's a spin i don't know why why you would have thought of it but i don't know i just uh i just think this is a spin this is a fact man that was bound to slip up sooner or later rapper bg and lil wayne got connected uh when lil wayne first signed or first met uh brian williams you know the owner of cash money records Mm -hmm. uh and uh while you know he was kind of lil wayne's mentor and hooked him up with bg who then they did songs together uh, where you got to start? The BGs. He's just out here touring, I know, doing staying alive and disco. Is, <laughs> you had me all messed up at the beginning. I know. I know that was the goal. <laughs> it worked. I threw you off your rhythm. You did. Yeah. Remember when you were like Houston, Texas? I was like, yeah. And you're like, good. Got to ask. Got to clarify. And then you didn't clarify the BGs. Yeah. I should have known though, because usually when you encounter a BG, you can tell by the way they use their walk. <laughs> And Lil Wayne doesn't meet that qualification. All right, enough of that. (laughs) All right, well, I'm two for three. I'm staying alive. What's next? 
You mentioned that he went by a different rap name when he started. He did, yeah, Baby D. Baby D. He had another rap name before settling on Lil Wayne. That was Shrimp Daddy. He went by Shrimp Daddy? That's what I'm telling you. Why? What was, did he have anything to do with shrimp or was it because he was small? (laughs) It was meant to be a reference to other popular rapper, Pimp Daddy. Okay, That's, that's a good rhyme. I'll give him that much. <laughs> Pimp Daddy was another member of Cash Money Records or whatever. Did he use this name professionally? Did he put out any music as Shrimp Daddy? Uh, yeah, that's what they said. That's what he went by before uh, landing on Lil Wayne. And you're absolutely correct. It was because he was short. So that's why he went with Shrimp Daddy. I see. Eventually, the name kind of fizzled out and he settled on Lil Wayne. Okay. How long was he Shrimp Daddy? No idea. Okay. This is tough. I think I'm going to say this one is, there's no way. This has to be a spin. <laughs> there's, this, It's just got to be a spin. Doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Question is, is it? That's such a, you. it doesn't matter what, <laughs> doesn't matter your age or stature or whether it's 1992. You have to know that Shrimp Daddy is like not it, right? You have to know that's <laughs> not going to be a name that propels you to rap stardom. I'm going to have to say it's a spin. Well, you're going to have to go 50-50 this week. This is a true fact. Wow. That's (laughs) wild. We blew it. We had such a lead and you blew it all. Here's a fact for you. This is the first time I've ever gone 50-50 by getting the first two right and missing the last two. Nice. Yeah. It's never happened before in all 57 episodes. Interesting. Our Johnny Cash episode, I got the first two, missed the next two, and then we had two more facts. Uh, That's the only other instance that's been like this. uh, I did just look it up. He went by Shrimp Daddy from 1992 to 1994. (laughs) (laughs) That's a long time. I did nail the 1992 thing, though. That's, That's pretty good. Wow, I, I'm honestly, I'm a little surprised at, at both of the ones that I've missed. And for those keeping track, that this was an all-true-fact week. It sure was. Wow, you, you did go on a long run of spins for a while. Olivia Rodrigo and Dance Gavin Dance were a lot of spins. But the monkeys and Lil Wayne have both been very fact-heavy. Yeah, uh. I just, I find some good stuff. I know, and I don't know how to play to that meta yet. <laughs> good. That's what I love about Factor Spin, you know? You never know who's going to win. The game plays itself. Well, there for a while, you had pretty good odds. But here lately, I've been pulling it back. Yeah, I know, and I'm worried for the time you started to pull ahead. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. (laughs) And until then, I'm off to think of more dastardly facts and spins. Yeah! All right. Get on back here, Connor. The third. Connor the third. I'm sorry. Use your full title. (laughs) Thank you. Your full name, Connor the third not to dox you on the podcast <laughs> yeah i'm in the same group as uh as kermit and uh winnie middle name the yeah it's a small but proud group <laughs> we, we call ourselves uh the t-h-a thus the thus it's an awful <laughs> bit <laughs> you just said kermit's oh, middle name gosh. is the <laughs> yeah it's kermit the frog jim henson didn't die for this disrespect winnie the who <sighs> Before we go down that rabbit hole any farther, let's talk about the album art on the Carter 3. And before we go down that rabbit hole, I'll BRB. I, right. So noted. In real life, like, wait. Yeah, I'm waiting. <laughs> Thinks I'm going to go on without him. Why would I do that? Wonder what Connor's top three is going to be. I'm going to make a prediction. I think Connor's top three is going to include... Oh, it's so hard. I honestly have no idea. I think he'll take Phone Home. I think he'll take Mrs. Officer. I think he'll take Let the Beat Build. I think he might take Lollipop. 
we'll have to wait and see when he gets back. Let's talk about the album cover for the Carter 3. The cover art is pretty uh, recognizable, instantly recognizable now. It features a baby picture of Lil Wayne with all of his tattoos and such photoshopped onto him. Cool diamond ring on his pinky. I think it's pretty interesting, right? Oh, yes. He's quite stylish. I wish I had that kind of style as a baby. I wish I had that style now. Well, not, I mean, like in adult size. I couldn't walk around in that size clothes. But he really is. He just is a Lil Wayne in this picture. Yeah. I assume the tattoos they put on the baby match the tattoos Lil Wayne has. As a matter of fact, no. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no? they do. Oh, okay. They do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's not the first rapper to do something like this, but this has still become a pretty iconic cover. His follow-up projects, the Carter 4 and 5, also feature pictures of a younger Wheezy. So... This one kind of kicks off a theme that he sticks with for a few different records. I like the Carter Four personally. That's him graduating from like kindergarten or something. Oh, yeah, adorable. Yeah, when you said he got a college degree, that's kind of what I thought of. <laughs> I never did that. You never graduated from kindergarten? No. Are you still in kindergarten? Maybe. Hmm. <laughs> Somebody lied on their resume. <laughs> it's just so hard. I mean, finger painting, nap time, it's all hard stuff. Very rigorous course load. Well, we've got 16 whole tracks ish to get through on this episode so we better dig in and get started let us begin with track number one three pete like a lot of rap albums we start with a track that really kind of serves as like an intro for the whole album it sets the stage it brings us in it hypes us up for example you know we've had it on a couple other rap albums that we've already talked about chance right this ain't no intro it's an entree with kanye gather around children fairy tale story time it's it's honestly uh, nothing new, but three peat goes about it in a different way, right? It's a three peat, like a repeat, but three times. It was a fun start. Yeah, it's high energy, and I like that. It's a cool background too. He gives us a taste of Holly Grove, his Louisiana hometown, and he actually includes some some sneaky little personal anecdotes in here. He says, two more inches, I'd have been in that casket." According to the doctor, I could have died in traffic. That's an allusion to a story when Wayne was twelve. He actually accidentally shot himself right in the chest. And he almost mm-hmm. died on the way to the hospital. I actually knew that. You did? Wow. Factor yeah. spin research. You must have peaked. I did. I peaked. You know who hasn't peaked? Lil Wayne, right? <laughs> he's on the rise. This is this is him proclaiming that he's going to do a three-peat with the Carter Three. It's going to be his third victory. He hasn't missed yet. And according to all the awards he got, he didn't peak. He You're didn't. Right. You're right. He, yeah, he was right. He, did, he didn't miss. No. He says that they can't stop me even if they stopped me. Like, my momentum is so huge that even if I never did anything else, my legacy would still be unstoppable. Which is bold, but honestly accurate for Lil Wayne. Beyond that little watch me, watch me, there's really not much of a hook to this song. And uh, normally, I'd kind of consider that a ding against the song. But really, for a breakout intro song like this that's just meant to be a scene setter... I'm okay with it. I do kind of like the song structure, how it kind of just goes intro, refrain, giant verse, refrain. Yeah. It's a fun structure. It is a fun structure. It's not one we we actually have seen on many songs. Not one we will Mm -hmm. see on many songs ever, to be honest. I really like the line, I just do this stuff for my click, like Adam Sandler. Yeah, right? That's like such a really, like that's such a clever line. Because uh, for those who aren't hip on the Adam Sandler movies, 
uh, Adam Sandler starred in a movie called Click, C-L-I-C-K, where he had like a universal remote that he could do whatever he wanted with, yes. controlled the world, basically. But then also, like, Adam Sandler's known for, like, he has his group of friends that he helps get cast in his movies, and, like, he makes sure to bring with him on his ride to success that he's had since before he was successful. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why a lot of Adam Sandler movies have a lot of similar casts. <laughs> that's that's very true, they do. And so that would be, like, using Click, like, uh... Lil Wayne uses it here, C-L-I-Q-U-E. And so that was just like a really clever line I didn't expect to see in a Lil Wayne song. Yeah, certified poetry for Adam Sandler. But also beyond that, I mean, to do click like the remote. <laughs> Wait, for Adam Sandler? <laughs> for, for the Adam Sandler line. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Can we get Lil Wayne the uh, Spin It Adam Sandler Award? I don't know what that is, but sure. <laughs> best reference to Adam Sandler. Okay, you're know. right, you're right. Lil Wayne has the best Adam Sandler reference. But beyond that, too, he talks about click like the remote. I control hip-hop, mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep it on my channel. I'm going to make sure everyone's eyes are on right. me. It's it's a nice yeah. little double-edged sword. Awesome. But up next is Mr. Carter. doesn't have his PhD yet. Well, yeah, that's right. We do have Mr. Carter and then Dr. Carter later on the same album. I should have known he got a college degree. It happens over the course of this record. <laughs> so we, we started off the actual non-intro tracks on this album with what I would say is the incredibly strong Mr. Carter. I think this one's an album highlight for me. Okay. Yeah, I knew Lil Wayne was Dwayne Carter, but what I forgot, or what really never crossed my mind, is uh, that Jay-Z is also a Carter. So when I put this album on for the first time... Oh! Yeah, this feature 100% surprised me, and I was very pleased when Jay-Z popped up. I was like, oh, this is awesome. It really caught me off guard. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. What do you think about the high-pitched uh, voice on this one that, that takes so many of the choruses? I know you don't love vocal manipulation. Yeah, it took me a chorus to get used to it, but by the end, I really liked it. Great. See, it does. It grows on you. That high-pitched voice is the product of Sharon Prescott's singing and producer Drew Correa's creativity. He says that he sped up the recording and purposely made it sound like a sample. And so they told Lil Wayne that it was a sample. And he says, I think Wayne still thinks it's a sample to this day. He never knew they recorded it outright and just changed it. And, you know, you're a pop culture guy, as you've self-proclaimed yourself several times. There are some pop culture teases in here with Beetlejuice, Leave It to Beaver. He talks about Stevie Wonder. Yeah, it does. I, I like being a good pop culture reference, as I think was made clear with the Adam Sandler line I had to point out. Is that a good pop culture reference? I mean, the reference was good. I mean, it's a deep one. Yeah. Pretty deep uh, cut. It is. It wasn't in 2008. I uh, know, it wasn't. You're right. I love it. And then Jay-Z comes in and figuratively passes off the Mr. Carter torch onto Lil Wayne. Right? He says, this is my heir. Mm-hmm. This is the person that's receiving all of the things that I've built up for myself. And uh, that's such an honor, isn't it? It's a big deal. There are some really good ones in here. I mean, I'm just looking through them. The line flyer, then Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. That's funny. It's great. I know. Wonder if Stevie Do is pretty good. But I'm a leave it to God, not Beaver. That's a good reference. Yeah, it is. Murder, why kill O and even you? Not really a reference to anything, but it's clever wordplay. What are we all about the vowels tonight? Because <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's. He's constant. He's a constant. He's a constant, constant, <laughs> constant. That, that Lil Wayne. I like Mr. Carter a lot. I think it's a very strong second track and a very strong track overall. And from Mr. Carter, we move right into a Millie. A Millie, a Millie, a Millie. Yeah. yeah. 
Can can I take that and replace it in the song? Can I replace you doing it in the song and just see what it sounds like? Absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> but I can't stop you. No, you can't. This is Lil Wayne's. It's one of his most popular songs. Definitely a big track from this album. Biggest track on the album, according to Spotify. Yeah. It's been certified five times platinum. It's almost got 400 million streams on Spotify. And this is one of the songs that I have frequently heard everywhere since I learned about it. This was one that sounded familiar to me yeah because see he's been around like i had heard it before this lil wayne has been with you he's been around all my life lying to me yep lying in the shadows (laughs) (laughs) who can do he's doing the good wordplay now lil wayne if you think you can wordplay better than lil wayne oh absolutely not i saw something that says he hasn't written down a single one of like his his lyrics since like 2002 yeah he just he just does it on the fly knows it he just knows it yeah it's impressive so the title for this song and the general idea behind it comes from an alleged quote from former Illinois Senator Everett Dirksen, who allegedly said, a million here, a million there, and pretty soon you're talking real money, which is talking about the federal deficit, right? If we keep spending mm. a million and a million and a million and a million, pretty soon we're going to be in deep. But that's uh, pretty unsubstantiated. That's There's no real evidence that that quote actually was said or belongs to him. But... What is substantiated is that Lil Wayne says it a lot right here. Yeah. You know what I really like about this album pretty much the whole way through? What's that? It's just another great instrumental album. The instruments do a lot of fun stuff. They do, but that's the last thing I expected you to say about this. I expected you to go, I was so annoyed by the constant a milli, a milli, a milli. I, you know. No, because it almost it almost falls more into the instruments and production category than the lyrics absolutely if I was breaking it out like you do it's no different than like acapella singers who use their voices to provide the instrumental background for their songs you know it's the a million 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 is just part of the instrumental beat that chugs the song along and keeps the tempo going you're just doing another polar express thing keeps it Maybe. on track you're just trying to make good with tom hanks <laughs> is it working i don't know ask tom <laughs> i need your i need your validation and approval tom hanky boy <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hanks gets so intertwined with the Lil Wayne episode. Anyway, you, you talked about how you couldn't hold a candle to Lil Wayne in wordplay and how he hasn't written down his lyrics. Word on the street is that this song was recorded entirely in one take and Lil Wayne freestyled every single verse. Wow. Yeah, I know. And so it's just mind-blowing. If that's true, I'm, who out there could think up a line like, you pop them because we pop them like Orville Redenbacher on the spot. How is that just in your head, queued up and ready to go? Yeah, uh, no idea. Oh, wow. There are so many great lyrics in this song I, and on this album. I, I wish we could just certify so much poetry, but uh, but alas, we can't. And I mean, there are just a, a lot of lyrics, period. There are, don't get me wrong, plenty that aren't poetry. Mm-hmm. However, plenty are good. Anyway, if you got a milli, you might have money. And up next is the song Got Money. Got Money. Yeah. Right off the bat. Before I say anything about the song, I just wanna I just wanna say the title alone makes me think of Got Milk. That's it. <laughs> That's what I think of every time. <laughs> the Got Milk campaign was everywhere back in, you know, two thousand eight. To, you know, our middle school, high school yeah. years. Who paid for that? Why did everybody get milk? I don't know. Why was there so many banners of people with milk mustaches all over schools? Or at least ours. No, it was all <laughs> Do you remember over. that? I do. And it was like everyone. I just, I explicitly remember like two giant ones that would hang up in the cafeteria. And like every once in a while they would change which, what was up there. There were more. They had backups. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So it was a big deal. It was like, oh, look, a new Got Milk poster. <laughs> yeah, it changed the whole aesthetic of the lunchroom, but not the branding and the messaging. Mm -hmm. So that was good. I never understood no, it. No, I just looked it up. I don't think Lil Wayne has done a Got Milk ad. Never really understood the point of the campaign either. Did you get milk? <laughs> uh, I don't know. We always had milk, so somebody in my family was getting it. Guess so. Remember the good old days when milk was delivered to you? You didn't have to go get it? No. Just come to you in cute little bottles? Do you remember those days, or were you born in 1950? If the Got Milk campaign was happening in the 1950s, maybe that's why it went away. Maybe. You know? <laughs> they were like, go get your own milk. It's not going to be delivered to you anymore. Right. It was It was like a warning, like PSA, like, warning, warning, milkmen. We're running shortage. out of milk. Get milk. Hurry. <laughs> I think Got Money sounds kind of dated. Uh, this song feels old to me in 2022. I think a lot of the record does hold up. I think Got Money does not. Early, like, 2000s club music, the heavy auto-tune. This one's kind of a miss for me. Yeah. it's a, it's. I'd still take it over a lot of what was uh, on Kanye's album. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. In terms of just sound, in terms of sound specifically. Maybe. Yeah, this was the album's third single, and honestly, probably, like I said, significantly better back in 2008. Uh, T-Pain makes an appearance on these choruses, and they're okay. I think they're manageable, but they're not really, like, revolutionary. They're not a game-changer of a feature. For me, I think Got Money is a background music song. Fair enough. But speaking of Kanye, you know, to talk about how you like some of this song better than that... Kanye was producer on the next track on this album, Comfortable. So take notes. Yes, I didn't. I did see that. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. It is because it doesn't sound anything like anything that we've talked about with Kanye anyway. Yeah, he should have taken notes. He should have. Comfortable was one of the five songs that got leaked, right? And put onto the leaked album. Comfortable is the only one that Lil Wayne decided to keep on the actual release of the Carter Three. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the song is Lil Wayne talking to his partner and saying, listen, don't take me for granted because you're totally replaceable and I can get anyone I want at any time, which is a really sucky thing to say. <laughs> like, OK, dude, settle down. It's a weird kind of like R&B vibe. It's a lot more uh laid back than anything so far on this album and it's kind of a kind of an unwelcome slowdown for me at least on its own in the context of what comes later i think it's a little more in place i actually really like this song really eh, you're the ballad guy the beat to it yeah well yeah the the, the the kind of tempo and that beat and the more boy bandy sounding um that's it vocals that's it it's a boy band song yes it's different and i i don't know if it's a good different for me but Definitely mixes it up. But no, I actually quite like this one. The chorus is up there for me in terms of favorites. Hmm. Okay. I just really like. I really. I think I just really like the the way Babyface and Lil Wayne play off of one another in it. Yeah, it is a good contrast. Babyface is also uh, high on the list for favorite feature on the album, but doesn't quite squeak it out. No. Okay. I probably give it like second. I forgot we were playing that game. It's a game we only play every once in a while when there are features. When there's several. Yeah. <laughs> up next. We got a little role play for you with the song Dr. Carter. As the title suggests, right, Mr. Carter has gone to medical school and is now tasked with saving, or more realistically, trying to save the dying hip-hop genre and all these other rappers who are dragging it down. Yeah. This song has kind of been elevated to legendary status in the rap world because of its creative use of the first-person narrative and this big extended metaphor that oh. we've got going on. Yeah. Each verse, the nurse prepares Wheezy to work on the next patient, and he goes on explaining just what's wrong with them, right? He diagnoses them and says, okay, I'm going to fix you. The prognosis 
is usually pretty dire. One of these people is a disgrace <laughs> with no style. One has no respect and no heart. One has no swagger and bad fashion. It's like the beginning of the diss tracks. Yes, yeah. It's, <laughs> Wasn't that a big thing in the rap world? Diss tracking everyone? It's a little bit like that, yeah. But he's just dissing the genre as a whole, saying how the entire thing has gone stale and just needs fresh air and needs new life into hip-hop. And uh, he, he does manage to save one of those patients, manages to save hip-hop itself. He overdoes the first two patients. They can't handle the, the level of cool that he prescribes. But when Wayne, as he self-proclaims, brings swagger back into the genre, that's when it starts to revive. That's when it starts to come back to life. I did like the horns that kind of swell at the end of the verse. Yes. Kind of the horns build and build and build to then the flat line as we get into the next nurse interlude. Yeah, I I didn't know how you'd feel about the skit. You know, you don't like the integrated talking a lot. And there is a good deal of that. If you're going to do it, rap is probably the best genre to do it in because you're basically talking the entire time as you're rapping a lot of the times mm, i see it's least likely to pull you out of it you know you get like the giant bands or like these things that are doing these big swelling like vocal runs that then are interrupted by something yes whereas the the interludes typically tend to fit more naturally into a rap song because of the style that's true yeah that being said i hated it no i'm kidding <laughs> Wow. I like Dr. Carter. I think it's one of the stronger songs on the album. And I do, I do kind of get behind everyone on saying this is a good extended concept for a song. It's unique and it's original. Yeah, I like the concept. Yeah. I also suspect you probably at least had thoughts about the concept on the next song, Phone Home. Oh, I really liked Phone Home too. Mm, I thought you would. Yeah, we've got back-to-back really involved tracks here. (laughs) It's kind of a lot to process. The first time I went through this album, I was like just being blitzed like doctors and aliens and oh, it's all back to back. And I'm sure it was something for you too. Yeah. Oh, I loved the concept of this song. Yeah. It's an ET reference. Of course, Uh, Lil Wayne isn't like the other rappers. He's so different. In fact, he might as well be a Martian. So he tells us about it. The intro was really fun. And that piano run. It's so good. Yeah. Actually, as an homage to our favorite Reese's Pieces loving wrinkly friend, they do sample a bit of the movie soundtrack in this song, which is so cool. Yeah. The song was conceptualized and produced by Cool and Dre after they heard Wayne use that Martian line in a freestyle on another project. They recorded a demo for this and apparently Lil Wayne liked it so much that he kept it locked away very, very, very secure until he could release it himself. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm not the greatest fan of the chorus phone home wheezy. No. It's good. I like it. It fits well. It's just that they do it a bit much. It's a lot. It's my tip my typical complaint. It happens several times. I wanted one more verse to replace maybe one of the choruses and then shorten the number of times they say phone home wheezy in each chorus and i would have been perfect six times wasn't doing it for you yeah six was a bit much maybe two and two you know do two then do the the and if you feel like you're the best part and then two more Mm. that probably could have worked for me maybe i don't know if it could have worked for the song but i'm glad it could have worked for you i have to point out okay this one i'm gonna just say it this one's certified buffoonery which one i'm rare like mr clean with hair what (laughs) what are you talking about Lil wayne because there's a mr clean with hair you don't know that there is yeah i'm rare he's blonde fun fact oh my goodness i guess this is pretty rare it's rare for a reason (laughs) i'm telling you certified buffoonery that's just what it is absolutely not i love it i love it wow okay i disagree that might be the first time we've disagreed on buffoonery yeah 
Yeah. Also, maybe. do you know Mr. Clean's first name is Veritably? Yeah, that sounds right. Not a flippin' stupid <laughs> first name. I didn't know it, but I, I love it. That's up there with Griselda. <laughs> anyway. Oh, gosh. Uh, a line that I really like in that same verse is, and yeah, I'm a bear, like black and white hair, so I'm polar. Yeah. Like, what a fun way to talk about. Based on the I'm so, so I'm polar part, it makes me think polar bear, but. Well, yeah, definitely polar bear. I don't know. It doesn't really fit. Oh, you're walking back on it. It says, like, it says black and white hair, which would be panda, right? Well, yeah, but listen, his degree is in psychology, not zoology. <laughs> we might just have to chalk that one up to, to what it is. Sounds like he needs to go back and get another degree. Yeah, well, if he if he did, he wouldn't be able to release music for a little bit because going back to school would really tie his hands. Annoying. That was a stretch. What? Are you annoyed that I... No, it was a decent one. <laughs> we're really on a good... I, th- I think we're on the, the, a very nice stretch of the album here. It's quaint, yeah. The, I think the first part of the album, spoiler for the last part of the album, first part's pretty strong. That's, how does that spoil the second half? The, it's not an either or situation. No, I think it falls off. Um, comparatively, <laughs> the first half is stronger. Oh, well, now you've spoiled it. Darn it. Sorry. You could have just said first half strong. You've <laughs> been fine. No spoils. Mm. But now you've gone and spoiled it. Tie my hands. Freaking produced and features Robin Thicke. Yeah, he wrote, produced, and is here. Robin Thicke, third favorite feature on the third album. Third favorite, below Babyface? Uh, honestly, when I said Babyface was two, I kind of forgot about Robin Thicke. And so I, in my mind, they could either one be number two, depending on my mood and which song I wanted to listen to. Okay. Because you can't compare the two. The songs are very different well, in terms of style. Yeah, very much. And so, I don't know. I, I like them both. But neither one's number one. That's true. This doesn't feel like a Lil Wayne song. It does feel like a Robin Thicke song. He thought up the idea for this in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. And that's kind of oh. the general idea about it. Yeah, it's a song about feeling helpless and, you know, being caught in the wild unpredictability of fate. What's going to happen how are we meant to respond to it? Lots of questions, especially from Robin Thicke on these choruses. I really like it. I like the da-da-da going on. Yeah, it's nice. They actually performed this song together at the Grammys one year. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a, a, a big moment in both of their careers. They both really liked this song and kind of hold it dear. And so that was a memorable performance. I think, uh, I think Tie My Hands is a low-key song that's probably easy to pass by on a casual glance at the album. But if you take a few seconds and dig in, it it does get pretty heavy. Yeah, it does. I really I disagree. That doesn't sound like a Lil Wayne song. But this being my only real exposure, mm-hmm. it I think it fits. Uh, it the fits. verses definitely fit, and the chorus is no different than the boy bandy sound on Comfortable. I I don't think it doesn't fit. I just think it definitely leans more towards Robin Thicke. Oh, fair. Yeah, it sounds like Lil Wayne featuring on a Robin Thicke song instead of the other way around, which actually it kind of is because. Robin Thicke wrote and produced it, so I don't know. I just, I do think it's a little bizarre that such a weighty song is sandwiched this way in this lineup. All right, let me walk you through it, right? We've got Doctor Roleplay, Alien Metaphor, then Fate May Inevitably Doom Us All and Tragedy Has Traumatized the Nation, (laughs) and then Hot Cop Song. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of a really weird dip. It's very sharp right here at tie my hands, but yeah, very sharp roller coaster turn. But I don't mind it. It's a great song. Yeah. But yeah, up next is the hot cop song, Mrs. Officer. Lots of wooing in this song. Yeah, there's a lot of wooing. Yeah, it's a pretty clever and semi subtle way to imitate a police siren. I don't even know if I call it semi subtle. It's just not. It's just not subtle. It's actually quite fun. <laughs> you thought it was fun? This is one of the songs <laughs> I was worried about being too repetitive for you, being too much on that hook. I don't know if it's a bit much or not. I know I had a lot of fun with it. I think it is fun. It's so much fun. 
It's about Wayne getting pulled over for a traffic violation, but lucky for him, it's an attractive cop who seems interested in letting him get out of his ticket for certain personal favors. They really don't lean on that hook that much. No. Like, they lean on it less than I think they did with Phone Home. Well, much less than Phone Home, yes. The beginning's a lot of woo, 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 and then the chorus has wee, 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 and so it's different. I think that... Even though it's the same concept. The difference is this song is like a minute and a half longer than Phone Home, so it, maybe it's more spread out. Yeah. One of my favorite lines, I just, it's a standout on the album... I said, lady, what's your number? She said, 911. Ah, so funny. <laughs> so That's funny. so dang good. So good. <laughs> this song is obviously a little gimmicky. It's not some piece of art. It's not some high-minded Kanye West runaway, Take right? Notes. It's it's simple, but it knows that. It knows what it is, and it leans into that. It's just a fun song, and I can appreciate that. I have a lot of fun with the next song. Yeah. Let the Beat Build is another one that I actually really like on this album it's probably i uh, gonna get crap from you from being maybe the most repetitive instrumentally but they do just what yeah. the title says it, no it, it's unfortunately is gonna get a little crap from me we talked about the a milli a milli and how it worked yeah because it was almost like the tempo beat for the song mm-hmm. on this one i can barely focus on the lyrics to this song with all the ah just <laughs> like slamming my eardrums over and over you're right it just never quit it doesn't quit <laughs> just, it's just an ah salt on my ears well it's structured just like the title says they let the beat build you've had problems in the past with songs that don't go anywhere and this one builds and builds and builds and builds and builds until it finally cuts loose you barely even can tell it's building sometimes because it's just nothing but ahs in the back yeah i can see your point and each one's only marginally bigger than the last because <laughs> there's so many well you gotta take time too much time too much time should have <laughs> built faster spread out the ahs yeah now that you mention it it is a little distracting it's a little much yeah now this is another song where lil wayne allegedly threw it together on the spot according to the producer on this one diesel he thought it up right there that second and they recorded the entire song from not existing to done in 30 minutes wow i know maybe they should have taken a little more time with it sounds like you have some notes (laughs) don't i always yeah but I, i like let the beat build it's a fun song up next though is uh shoot me down this is another track for me that just pales in comparison to what's all around it. I really like the opening beat, the bottom bum bum bum. Yeah, that is nice. I think I've made this reference before, but it gives, it gives me like an old Western vibe. Honestly, it gives me Lil Nas X vibes. Oh, really? Yeah. Call Me By Your Name? Oh, uh, kind of. Yeah. Slightly. But obviously that's much later. I'm just trying to compare it to uh, things that you liked. Maybe subtly build that bridge. It reminds me of like the cowboy that dresses in all black so you know he's the villain walking into the saloon. You're right. It does sound a lot like that and is that's fitting for shoot me down yeah. right to be a, a gunslinging song and so i'm i'm a big fan of that uh instrumental beat when wayne heard this beat he actually cleared out the entire studio just because he wanted some time alone with it yeah understandable he cleared everyone out and he was like give me a tea i'm gonna drink tea and listen to this and that's what he put into the intro into that first verse <laughs> and the idea behind it is is please don't shoot me down because i'm flying let me do what i'm doing because I'm out here running the game, so quit taking shots. Makes sense. I do also like the subtle little callback here. He says, it gets me how nothing gets me or gets to me. And if you're shooting for the stars, then just shoot me, but your bullets don't reach Mars because he's a Martian. I get it. Up next is another one of Wayne's greatest tracks of all time, the only track to top the Billboard Hot 100, 
and it's got an absurd eight times platinum. That track is Lollipop. Lollipop has a poppier sound. It leans pretty heavily into electronic influences, or at least yeah. whatever electronic influences were around in the mid-2000s. So that gave it a wider appeal, and it really helped open him up into a wider audience than hip-hop alone could. It kind of gave him fresh legs and, and exposed a new world to Lil Wayne. What'd you think of Lollipop? Static Major is my fourth favorite. Okay, the fourth. We've only got a couple features left. I just really like the like southern draw on this on his rap style. <laughs> the way he says certain things. He's like, like he says her and <laughs> Well, a lot of it that's about rhyming, you know. I know, but it, just, it has, sounds countrified. It's weird. It does. He is a Kentucky rapper, so you know it fits. Yeah, it does. <laughs> this is another very inconspicuous metaphor about candy. His girl loves lollipops. Yes. That is all. The candy. <laughs> the song is not about anything else. I thought it, I thought it was a reference back to his time as the Tin Man in The Wiz, you know, the Lollipop Guild. Oh, it may, you know what? It, I guess let's go with that. Is the Lollipop <laughs> Guild in The Wiz? I don't know. <laughs> Never seen The Wiz. Lollipop is the other one that I've heard everywhere. It's been honestly the big ones here, but a million Lollipop. Where have you been going that you heard this song? Just out and about. It's everywhere. Who doesn't love a song about candy? I can see why this one was very popular. It's incredibly catchy and, and darn well executed, even if lyrically... It is a little bit on the nose. A lot on the nose. Yeah, you couldn't come up with a good, clever metaphor about candy to, to do instead of making a song exactly about lollipops. <laughs> I know. Yeah, what the heck? It's just, it's bit for bit about a lollipop. <laughs> Speaking of lollipops, did you ever do the thing as a kid where you tried to see how many licks it took to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop? Absolutely not, did you? Yeah. Really? Every time I saw an owl, I just asked. They never told me. Yeah, I, I legitimately tried that one time. I, I remember vividly, like, taking a bunch of... I, I I was just chewing through paper. I was just doing tally marks. So this was back pre-like internet era. How many licks did you get to? Who even knows? But like approximately. I do know I got I got pretty deep into that sucker. And like I like kept the wrapper so I could wrap it back up when my mouth would get tired and put it in the fridge to save it and go come back to it. Uh I just remember I had tons and tons of sheets of paper with tally marks on front and back, just counting each lick. Wow. It was awful. I don't know why I did it. I think I've learned a little bit more about you today. I feel like I've gained a deeper understanding into into you. Yeah. That's what this song is about. The joy and the curiosity and just the unbridled <laughs> imagination that comes with figuring out Tootsie Pops. Up next, we get this weird little like childish ditty to follow up this lollipop metaphor. <laughs> do. I don't know how to feel about that. It's whiplashy. I don't like <laughs> it. it. Was, it not only was it whiplashy, but like the entire time, because we just came off of the lollipop song and the next one's called La La, which is a lot like lollipop. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just could not shake it from my brain. Nope. And it's it not what I want on my brain the entire time. No. It's, ugh. I know kids like candy, but. Also, all these rappers do kids songs. What? Do you remember Drom Singh special? How he tried to make a song for <laughs> Sesame Street and Barney, but then Chance got a hold of it and was like, that is a rap song now. Like, what is the deal? This is the exact <laughs> yeah. same thing. Producer David Banner said, I'd been hearing that Wayne had been freestyling over my beats, and when I played him La La, I told him, dude, this is a beat I made for Shrek 3. Shrek 3. Sorry, what now? This song was made for Shrek 3. It's in, This is in Shrek 3? No, it's not in Shrek 3, but the beat, oh, it's, the it's beat it was, was intended for. to be in Shrek 3. And it was supposed to be a song with Timbaland, Pharrell Williams, and Will I Am. 
but they couldn't get all three of them together, so they shipped the beat off to Lil Wayne. Okay, I was like, I've seen Shrek 3. Shrek 1 through 3 is the perfect trilogy, and we pretend Shrek 4 doesn't exist. Mm, I see. This is two episodes in a row that have deep Shrek ties. I'd love a deep Shrek tie. I'm sure you do. <laughs> the, Wayne is quoted as saying, Shrek ain't gonna get this one, buddy. When he heard it, David Banner said he literally snatched the beat from Shrek. Interesting. Yeah, he started out hustling, ended up balling. That's pretty much what you need to know about Lala. Shrek 3, from hustler to baller. A ton more pop culture references that I just like. I'd be with my dog like Shaggy, Scooby-Doo reference. Mm -hmm. Dirty Harry reference uh, in the next line. I'm richer than Nicole and I'm a lion like her daddy. That's a deep cut one. Yeah. And, and Paris uh, Hilton, presidential suite, which is yeah. a good one because that's what she gave her dog. It's a presidential suite <laughs> in a little Hilton doghouse. Yeah. The Nicole one is a reference to Lionel Richie. That's where the lion joke comes from. Mm-hmm. I'm a savage like Lil Webby and Randy. Specifically, Randy Savage was the reference I got there. Don't know who Lil Webby is. Macho man, Randy Savage. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's full. He's so full of pop culture references. Very full. Yeah. Now, the next track on this album was going to be a song called Playing With Fire, but they got sued by the Rolling Stones for that song. And so to avoid the legal trouble, they just pulled it from the album. And so we're going to pull it from our episode. Of course, that pull didn't happen until they'd already sold 2.3 million CDs. So it's not exactly super rare. But that song, Playing With Fire, was replaced by another track that we probably won't talk about here for reasons that should be obvious if you know anything about it. Was it on the original release? We're just going to skip it. That's a good logic. Yeah, this we're only talking about the original released album, except for the one track that is there that they pulled. Yep, they pulled it, so we're not going to talk about it. No. Nope. The one we skipped was put. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep that in there and just put a big bleep over it. Another one with a really fun instrumental section is You Ain't Got Nothing. I really like that bomb, bomb, bomb going on with the synth. Yes. That's a sample of a Joan Armatrading song from 1981 called I'm Lucky. I listened to that one. This song is a big, big, big improvement on that one. That's my hot take. Is it that hot? No, it's not that hot of a take. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. For me, You Ain't Got Nothing is another song that's kind of here. Really? Yeah. It's just, it just is. It's just a placeholder. Just takes up a little more space. I didn't get too into it. Interesting. I really, again, the beat. This would be a fun one to have cranked up in your car. This bomb, 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 bomb. Yeah, that's it's, true. Uh, be fun. I had my favorite line on the album, I think. Really? Which one's that? Uh, it's it's kind of the, the entire intro to verse one. <laughs> I'm yeah. with 100 people, we Dalmatian doggy deep, and fly with the tongue, so if you feel in froggy leap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Kermit, you better think before you rib it. And then he's like, Kermit, you better think before you rib it. <laughs> Kermit comes back. Kermit the frog one of the thes yeah he's part of part of the thes you're right that's a pretty good stretch of lyric is does that make this your favorite feature then no fabulous is not my favorite feature really this is the last track with a feature so you've either yeah, it depends on depends on your definition of feature that's true if you're taking the sample <laughs> of the next song well we'll get there <laughs> one of the things on this record that i just can't get past is that half of these songs are like career-defining hits that push all the boundaries of hip-hop at the time, and then the rest are like, okay, like let's get on with it, let's get it over with. And they would be kind of lame tracks, even in lesser company. Like, this album, for me, it swings so wide that it's almost unheard of. The difference between 
the highs and the lows for me on this album are maybe greater than any other album we've talked about yet. I think this one swings the most wide track to track. And You Ain't Got Nothing is on kind of the far end of that swing. So yeah, up next is the last track on this album, Don't Get It. And this one, I guess, has your favorite feature. Yeah, technically. Again, it's more of a, it's a sample. It's not really a feature, but I'm counting it's it. It's a whole separate song. Uh-huh. The intro and the chorus to Don't Get It are from a 1964 Nina Simone song. And she's someone we'll certainly return to in the future. She, yeah, she needs to be added to our special spin cycle list absolutely i am very excited to do some nina simone songs now mm-hmm. and i'm not gonna make the mistake of going and binging a bunch of nina simone songs because of this and then have it all spoiled for me for the future episode like i did with uh with plastic carts thank you yeah that's a good call <laughs> so this song starts off with a couple of verses and choruses and we get that nina simone little bit to it and then Lil wayne just goes on and on and on and on with an extended soliloquy And he talks about all kinds of, he gives all his insights and his opinions on the state of the world in 2008. He covers everything from prisons to politicians. It's a nine minute and 52 second juggernaut of a song. It is. And it's good. It never gets boring. You didn't get bored with this. Not in my opinion. Interesting. No. Well, I've listened to it a good handful of times and I usually don't listen to it in its entirety. I'll admit it. Really? Yeah. Well, by this point, if I'm listening to the album, it's been... (laughs) quite a long time it's been you know more than an hour 70 minutes and i'm like okay we're done yeah i just don't know how much of that stuff is still relevant in 2022 and that's not to say that none of it is some of it's still quite relevant but uh, he does get into some 2008 specific stuff that you know just passed but in the end he comes to the conclusion that most people simply don't get it they don't understand him he's on another level and that's just the way it is as he sees it I think it's a great way to end this album that started off with three Pete. I think it's a, a proper closing. Mm-hmm. I agree. And with that, it's, it's time for our own proper closing in final spin. Yes. Now, okay. So for this album, I have a lot of mixed emotions. Like I said, it's a wide swinger. I think a lot of these songs are big hits. And a lot of these songs are pretty big misses. So at the end of the day, I tried to keep my score kind of in the middle to reflect that on a lot of things. So for music, I'm giving it a score of 82. We've got songs that Mm. are really musically strong, like Mr. Carter, like Comfortable, like Shoot Me Down or Tie My Hands, really like delicate musically. And then we've got songs that are just kind of abrasive and kind of a miss, like You Ain't Got Nothing, songs like La La, just stuff that doesn't land for me. 82 for music. As far as lyrics go, it's, again, incredibly impressive that he freestyled so much of this and made it up on the spot. A lot of the lyrics, when they're good, are really good, and when they're bad, are just there. Um, there's some lyrics that we didn't talk about, mostly because of just, like, I don't know, just because we tend to talk about the good ones, right? We talk about really good or really bad, and the stuff in the middle kind of gets left behind. I, I think the lyrics average out to an 81 for me. I think the strength of its strongest moments aren't enough to redeem how bad its worst moments are. But I still think it's a pretty good album lyrically, and there's a lot of fun references and wordplay in here to dig into. There's just so many lyrics it's, it's kind of a quantity issue. Instruments and production, I'm giving an 84. That's a 2022 score because, like I said, a lot of that kind of sounds dated. Some of these, you know, the got monies of the record are a little bit old and they don't hold up. But at the time, they were ahead of the time. So, you know, that's, that's another interesting category to score. And overall vibe, I think this album, that's its strongest category is the vibe because it is consistent you know i don't really ever feel like i'm out of it 
even though I like some and dislike others, and it does swing wide in quality, it never really swings wide in enjoyment. I always like it about the same, and it's fun. I'm giving overall vibe a 91, which takes my total score to an 84.7 and puts it at number 238 on the ranking spreadsheet. Okay. Yeah. Now, I did a fun thing one of those times when you were away. Oh? I made a prediction about what your top three might be. I recognized as we were talking about the album that parts of it are wrong. This was the first time you left, way, way, way back. Gotcha. Do you want to fill me in on what you predicted and we can see how right you were? You give your top three, and then I'll tell you how close I was. Okay. Well, I actually wrote down nine songs on this album out of the 16 that I actually quite enjoyed. Really? Nine out of 16? That's such a high percentage. That's pretty good. I know. Um, I did narrow it down to my standard top three and honorable mention. Um, with the and so there were five that were left off. Sad day, but understandable. Yeah, but I just thought I needed to acknowledge that there were nine of them. Uh, that were in contention. That makes me feel better. And so, in album order, comfortable, phone home, tie my hands. And Conorable mentioned to don't get it. Mm, okay. Yeah, that is not the direction I thought you would go at all. Yeah. Not not at all. I got one right. I got phone home. Oh? Yeah. Okay. I also predicted you would have a lot of fun with Mrs. Officer. Not as a quality okay. track, but just for the fun of it, right? Uh-huh. And I thought you might be a little easier on Let the Beat Build. Okay. Once you started talking about that one, it was clear that that was a bad guess. I just assumed you'd like the, the energy of it. And then Lollipop, I also thought would be on your list, mostly because of its pop leanings. Gotcha. Yeah. At the time, I was totally forgetting Comfortable and Tie My Hands, but... Yeah, two of those were in the other five. Okay, that makes me feel good. I can tell you which two if you want. It was not Let the Beat Build. I don't know if I'm allowed. You don't know that. Was it Let the Beat Build? I don't know. I'm I'm trying to get permission to to talk about the five that weren't in there. I, I don't want to be I don't want to be docked. No, you're right. Uh, picks I, in future episodes. These won't count as picks. I am curious to know what other five weren't in there. Okay, uh, it was Mr. Carter, mm. Mrs. Officer, Shoot Me Down, Lollipop, and You Ain't Got Nothing. Okay, that's another. That's a solid top nine. <laughs> yeah, as if nine tracks isn't a whole album on its own. But yeah, that's great. <laughs> Those nine could have been the whole album. Maybe would have gotten a nine or, you know, maybe even that coded perfect 10 from me. Who's to say? You would have, there's no, I do not believe that you would have given any nine Lil Wayne tracks the coveted perfect 10. <laughs> you can't fool me for a minute with that lie. <laughs> I'm not as good as the mixtaper. No. So which one of those are you taking for your playlist song? <sighs> I don't know. I've actually been sitting here playing those four that I mentioned over and over again, trying to decide. Yeah. We also have a notable omission of a Millie. The biggest song from this record didn't make your list. Yeah, I liked it. It was all right, but yeah, that's really a but. But, yeah. <laughs> it's between Phone Home has that great, like I said, instrumentals to sure it. Sure does. Uh, Comfortable, I think, has the best beat. Yeah. And I really like the sound. Like I said, I like the sound that Babyface brings to it. Same thing with Time My Hand. It's like a ballad. Uh, and it features Robin Thick, so I love it. Don't Get It isn't going to make it to the playlist. I just put it in as honorable mention because I had my favorite s- sample, I guess, <laughs> or feature. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's really between, I think, I think it's between Comfortable and Phone Home. Okay. What are you thinking for the playlist? I know you were a big fan of Mr. Carter and Amelie. I am a big fan. I would, uh, I'm torn between Mr. Carter, Amelie, and Lollipop. 
Ooh. You know, if I had to pick a 10th song, I think it would probably be a Millie. <laughs> well, great. Yeah, if we're just picking <laughs> 10 out of 16, that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> I like Mr. Carter, but I think it's it's not a right fit for the playlist, maybe. I think it is my favorite yeah. song on the album, yeah. but it's not a good playlist fit. I'm behind that. At the same time, I don't know if Lollipop is either. I think I might take a Millie. I can get behind that. You go with a Millie, and I will go with... I think I'm going to go with Comfortable. Okay, that's not the one I would have done, but I understand. Well, Spotify disagrees with you. It has more plays on Spotify. I don't care who Spotify agrees with. This isn't Spotify's podcast. I use Spotify to judge the average listener. Mm-hmm. We've got our playlist picks. I, I would veto, but I, I value the sanctity of the playlist. What the, wait, you would veto? You would veto <laughs> Comfortable? It just wasn't my favorite. It's okay, but it wouldn't make my top three or nine i'm trying to decide if i regret that decision mm. that's why i wrote down nine tracks because like they're all on the cusp they're, yeah they're all on the, it's like depending on my mood i'm trying to think like in the future when i'm listening to this podcast and it only gives me rap songs because that's what it loves to do on the playlist i'm trying to decide which one i'd want i'd be more likely to want to hear i don't even know we're just gonna stick with comfortable just sticking and with it move on yep no regrets no trust my gut no regrets i'll probably have regrets <laughs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> In terms of a score... To be honest, I have no idea how you're going to score this one whatsoever. In terms of the score, like I said, I really loved the instrumentals on this. I got into the beats of the, a lot of the songs. Like I said, his lyrics were either a complete hit, you know, Grand Slam, Out of the Park, or a... Complete dud. Yeah. It, it swung very wildly. There's very little in between. In terms of music, in terms of the rap artists we've done, I think my second favorite rap album. Hmm, I see. So that might clue you in at least what hemisphere we're talking for a score. Kind of, except you score everything else really low. It gives us a broad range. <laughs> That's not true. Yeah, yeah. I gave, I gave Chance a six. It's true. Six, six Chance sticks, so I know we're above that. And then for vibe, I quite again, I quite enjoyed the vibe. It was a nice. It kind of gave. It kind of showed you all the different range a rap album can have. Like you said, we had the softer, more ballad style. We had children's songs. We had songs about um candy. We had the weird like doctor role play followed by Marsh uh, and Martian like fantasy. I don't know. We we were all over the place. It was a wild ride. And so I quite enjoyed that. Kept kept me engaged. Kept me kind of interested. I didn't get bored. And so I'm going to give this one seven constant consonants out of ten. Seven constant consonants for Shrimp Daddy Lil Wayne. I love it. <laughs> it doesn't see unit that just is. It doesn't make sense. But hey, I like that. I, I can get behind a seven for this. Actually, that feels appropriate for you. Where in your sevens does it go? I'm thinking somewhere in the general vicinity of Californication. Okay, yeah. There you have it. That's our take on The Car. Carter 3, the third album by the Carter himself, Lil Wayne. Wrap us up. <laughs> Wrap us up. Because <laughs> it's rap. <laughs> I'm not going to freestyle it. You pretty much already heard the outro at the beginning of the episode. Thanks for listening. Yep. You can find us on Twitter at SpinItPod, on Twitch at SpinItPod, on Instagram at SpinItPod Official, and on the web at www.spinitpod.com. We got another episode coming your way next week, as always. And we have a singles episode on the horizon. Oh, we do. We do. The plan is to do One Hit Wonders. Yeah. We'll be taking all your favorite One Hit Wonders and talking about them. So if you have any ideas or One Hit Wonders that you love, send them our way and see if they get featured on that episode. Just keep an eye out and an ear out and find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then... 
We'll see you next week and have a fantastic week. But more importantly, keep spinning. Keep spinning. A spinning, a spinning, a spinning. I like it. That's a good song. That should be what you do for uh, Connor's Hippin' and Hoppin' album. Yeah, we'll go all aboard. A spinning, a spinning, a spinning. I like it. Tom Hanks will also love that, I'm sure. Uh, I hope. We can only hope. I crave Tom Hanks' approval. I yearn for it. You are a sad, strange little man, and you do have my pity. <laughs> Farewell. I'm off to count some licks on a Tootsie Roll Pop. No, not that again. A licky, a licky, a licky. <laughs>